0: Well, we are in a series called Life Together. And Life Together um, starts, the first chapter of this book is called Community. That's what tonight is all about, is community. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the author of this book, starts with the verse, Psalm 133, verse 1. Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. How amazing is it to be in unity with one another? You guys just saw a video of camp, and like I said, if you didn't hear Georgia yelling over here, you probably could understand that this is a pretty fun and exciting time. Things like camp in my life were a super fun time coming together with other Christians. I went to this thing called an FCA camp, where I didn't really have many other Christian friends, but I went to this camp for three days with other leaders who were on fire for Jesus, loved sports, and it was the best week of my life, because I got to be with people who were on fire for Jesus. Jesus. Except that's not all that community is really about. I mean, yes, community is awesome. It should fire you up. It should bring you joy. It should bring you so much peace. But community is not just with the people who you really, really like that are just athletes. But it's about going out to be with those who you may not like. That's what Jesus did. That's what verse 10 and 11 say. It says that Jesus reclined at the table in the house. And behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus. Jesus didn't just stay in one spot. He loved his enemies. He loved those people that weren't necessarily Christ followers, but those that were created in the image of God. Therefore, that's how we ought to be as well. Martin Luther, who is a famous guy from back in the 1500s, I'm not going to try to explain who he is, but he's famous. Uh, He says this, The kingdom is to be in the midst of your enemies. And he who will not suffer this does not want to be in the kingdom of God. He wants to be among his friends, to sit among roses and lilies, not with the bad people, but the devout people. Martin Luther says, to be a Christian, you're not just hanging out with those who think similar, similarly to you. You're out in the world trying to bring other people into the good news of Jesus Christ. We ought to be a scattered people. Think about it this way. If I have a bunch of bird seed, right, and I go stand on a football field, and I go and sp- sprinkle a bunch of birdseed right here, Where are all the birds going to go? Right here. If I go throughout the whole football field and sprinkle little bit after little bit after little bit, okay, you're going to see birds everywhere. That's exactly what the gospel should be like going out into the midst, going and spreading the good news. If people respond to it, great. If they don't, you did your duty. Christianity is not supposed to be in one place. Because let's face the facts. It's a gift that we even get to be in community with other people. So why wouldn't we want to go spread that to other people? Being in community is a gift. That's what Dietrich Bonhoeffer talks about. It's a gift that we even get to be with other Christians. In some countries, they don't get that privilege. Um, I looked up some stats, and it says at least 360 million Christians around the world experience high levels of persecution and discrimination. That's an astonishing 1 in 7 of the global Christian population. And I guarantee that persecution, discrimination is most likely not happening here in the states. So imagine the rest of the world that they're experiencing persecution and discrimination. In this last year alone, almost 6,000 Christians were killed. 5100 churches were attacked. That's insane. It's a gift that we even get to be in community like this right here. Dietrich Bonhoeffer says it's grace, nothing but grace, that we are allowed to live in community with Christian believers. Therefore, we shouldn't take, take that knowledge and be like, you know, I'm not going to spread it to other people. Therefore, whatever, I don't care about community. If you're a Christian, you should desire community. And if you're a Christian, you should go out and spread that light and joy what it means to be in true, authentic community to other people as well. And so as we look at this book, this book study, let's look at how can we actually live authentic community in Jesus Christ. So I have three notes for you. The first note of community is it ought to be through and in Jesus Christ. Christianity means Community. Through Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean community through how we see it or how we want it to be, but it's only through Jesus. And because it's only through Jesus, that means it starts by the recognition that I need a Savior, and that this person needs a Savior, and that person needs a Savior, and that person needs a Savior, and we're gonna come together and we're gonna do life together in true, authentic community. That's what Jesus says right here in verse 12. But when he heard it, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Jesus recognizes that we need to recognize we need a Savior. When we recognize that we are guilty of sin, we are weighed down in our trespasses, we can fully come to the realization that, man, I need Jesus and I should be in community with those who also love Jesus. And man, maybe you're thinking, wow, James, this is a great message for a great night. And you're so enthused that, man, all this persecution's happening. I got to go be out in the world. and Maybe I've never done that before. How do I even do this? Well, I think it starts by realizing I need a savior and other people need one too. And although that can seem really gloomy like, man, I'm guilty of sin. I'm weighed down in my trespasses. I think more than anything, it provides hope. That, man, I can't do it on my own. But Jesus Christ provided himself. And he provided a way when there was no way. And how amazing is that? And when I depend on him, then he provides people for me to come alongside with. And if he doesn't, he's still good. He's still faithful. He's still the one true king, Jesus Christ. And so if we have the opportunity to be in relationship with other people, We have to recognize that it's not an ideal, or it's not a dream of ours, but it's a divine reality. That might be confusing. When I was reading this, I was a little confused as well. Basically, what Bonhoeffer is saying is, this is not like my own, community is not my own dream. It's based on how Christ designed it to be. I don't get to take what Christ beautifully constructed and say, okay, I want this one part, and I'm going to run with it over here. No, he says, I constructed all of this. You can have all of it or none of it. So, as Christians, we need to be all about God's truth, how he designed things. We need to be all about his community and the way that he constructed it to be. When we dream of what community ought to be, we tend to follow our own paths, our own desires. And we tend to start complaining. We tend to not be grateful for the things we had. Um, and we end up in a worse place than if we had just followed God's way originally. When I was in high school, I was going to the beach. And I, um, long story short, my car does not drive on the beach sand at all. And I found this out the very hard way when my car got stuck in the sand. And um, I was with like four of my friends and they're like, James, like put it in four wheel drive. I'm like, I don't have that. Like, what is that? What is four wheel drive? And I'm like, they're like, well, do this. I'm like, I don't know what to do. And so I got my car stuck in the sand even more and more and more and more. Um, but by the grace of God, and I, I'm serious. This is like such a God thing. Someone came up and was like, dude, I know what to do. Get out of the car. Let me drive your car out of the sand. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this like truck with a tow on it, like, or with like a tow wire was like, hey, we just like felt like we needed to come back to the beach. And I'm like, dude, you are my saving grace. And so they get in front of the car and they hook up the, um, wire to our my truck they pull it out and they're like dude don't do this again I'm like yeah I kind of know I probably shouldn't drive my car in the sand ever again long story short we got out of the sand and we drove off we went and got like a parking spot not on the sand and it was great why do I tell you that story there wasn't a single moment where I was like man I just wish they would have driven my car for me I wish they would have just done this I wish they would have just done that There wasn't a single part of me that was doing that. Instead, it was all gratitude. It was all gratefulness. You see, when God has created and given you such a great thing, he doesn't want you to complain. Even if you don't think it's enough, even if you're questioning why are you doing this, God, even if you're like, I don't like these people in my group right here. He wants you to respond in gratitude. Because when we respond in gratitude— We take part in what God is actually doing. When we complain, we miss out on what he's actually doing. When we complain, all we set up ourselves is, we set ourselves up for failure. So enter this season, or whatever it is, where God gives you a group of people with gratitude. And say to yourself, how how can I be more grateful to God? The third and final note I have is, Community is a spiritual, not human reality. Another quote by Bonhoeffer says, the basis of the community of the spirit is truth. The basis of human community, or the basis of human community of the spirit is desire. It's a little confusing. Long story short, when we rely on Jesus, when we rely on the Holy Spirit to decide what does community look like, it's all based on truth. When we decide, okay, I'm going to listen to humans over here, it's all based on desires and desires alone. As verse 13 talks about, Jesus says, Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. See, Jesus doesn't want us to be divided. He didn't say, I came only for the Pharisees. Or I came only for the sinners. He came for everyone okay? He didn't come for just the athletes over here. He didn't come for just the outcasts. He didn't come for the theater kids. He didn't come from the skater kids. He came for every single person. But oftentimes in Christian community, we tend to think, oh, I'm just like these athletes over here, so I'm going to only hang out with the athletes. Or I'm just like the theater kids over here, so I'm only going to hang out with theater kids. That's not what Christian community looks like. That is what human community looks like. Human community is purely based on, I have a desire, therefore I'm going to fulfill it. And it's all based on what human love says. When I was in high school, again, I looked for that community of Christian believers that was only surrounded by athletes, because I was one. And I was like, I got to be cool, I got to be with the jocks and all that stuff. And like, No. Christian community is all about how can I find where God has placed me? Even if I don't get along, even though my desires, my hobbies aren't the same as the people to my right or my left, I'm still pursuing Christ and they're still pursuing Christ. Here's the thing. In our small groups right here, in our everyday lives, We have people that come alongside us. I've kind of—I told you that story last week about how my buddy Caleb, like he was like the last person that, um, like he was like my last like resort, and I came to him, I cried to him, and he just took me back. Um, It's because he had like the godly love, the spiritual love that Christ had designed for all of us. It's something that I don't want you to fall into the trap of—is listening to the human love. That the world wants to offer. Because this human love is what determines the rest of human relationship. Christian love, the love that's based on Christ, is what Christian community should all be about. When we listen to human love, human love does what it wants. In fact, sometimes human love looks way greater than Christian love ever will. If you look at what we call humanitarians or people that like love doing nice things for humans, they give way more, way more money than I guarantee most churches ever give. Like you see those YouTubers who are just like giving money away, right? Like they, they give way more money than I will ever have in my life. But does that mean they love people more? Not necessarily. Sometimes it's all based out of selfish ambition. And the Christian love is a sacrificial love. It says, I don't care what you've done, I'm going to love you anyways. And that's what Christ did for us too. He loved us when we didn't deserve it. Even though we were much, much different from him, being the fact that he was God and we are not, he still loved us, he still sacrificed for us, he still pursued us. Therefore, in your small groups, don't let your small groups just be your small groups. Make it a group that says, we're not content with just these five people. I'm not content with just these 12 people. I want to go out and get people that love Jesus too. And even if they don't love Jesus, they need Jesus. So we're going to grab them and we're going to go. Bonhoeffer says, and I've quoted Bonhoeffer a lot, but it's because we're going through his book. So that's why. He says, the exclusion of the weak and insignificant, the seemingly useless people from a Christian community may actually mean the exclusion of Christ. Christ made everyone in the image of God. And he didn't do it just to say, okay, you go with that group, you go with that group, you go with that group. Okay, James, you get to pick whatever group you want to be in and you get to call it good. He made everyone in the image of God designed perfectly after him. And yes, sin tainted that. And yes, sin ruined it. And yeah, sin ruined how we view other people. But he still wants you to pursue them just like he pursued them. Thank you, Caleb. And if we're not pursuing those people, then maybe we aren't truly following what Christ asked us to do. And sometimes that's not necessarily easy to hear. As I was reading this this week, it's exactly how I felt. It's like, wow, I'm not following what Christ asked me to do. He asked me to love every Christian, even if I don't agree with them. He asked me to love every single person, even if I don't agree with their political stance. He asked me to love every single person in my family, even if I don't agree about whatever it is that they might think they are. He told me to love them no matter what. And if I love him, I don't have a say in the matter. I get to obey or walk away. I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but that was kind of (laughs) cool. So that's what I leave you with. How can you go out and bring people into the family of Christ? Or are you gonna sit by and say you know what I don't care it's not that big of a deal I'll tell you what it was a big deal to Jesus because he left everything in heaven to come down here and pursue everyone even if they don't accept him he still died for everyone so I'll leave that with you to think about let's pray and then we're going to talk about our small group questions